Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, I'm Mike Reese, and on this week's podcast, my wife drags me two miles down to the bottom of the ocean to see the Titanic. She drags me everywhere, man, sometimes by the hair, man, forgot my underwear, man, this just isn't fair, man, I don't want to go there, man, what am I doing here? Been to Ukraine, Bahrain, Syria, Algeria, North Korea, South Korea, North Pole, South Pole, North Dakota, South Dakota, Spain, and Maine, and Iran, Iraq, Israel, India, Hunan, Wuhan, Pakistan, Uzbekistan, bottom of the Atlantic, Titanic, what a panic, drags me everywhere, man, sometimes by the hair, man, forgot my underwear, man, this just isn't fair, man, I don't want to go there, man, what am I doing here? Been to Libya, Bolivia, Alabama, Panama, Hong Kong, Lebanon, Saigon, Kazakhstan, Ethiopia, Patagonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Bogota, Colombia, Guatemala, Kilimanjaro, Kenya, China, Chile, Chernobyl, Uncasville, Mobile, Springfield, what a deal. She drags me everywhere, man, sometimes by the hair, man, forgot my underwear, man, this just isn't fair, man, I don't want to go there, man, she drags me everywhere, what am I doing My wife and I like danger, and by my wife and I, I mean just my wife, not me, not even a little. People know this about us, so my friend Jay called with an invitation. You guys want to come to a party tonight? There's a good chance you will be killed. This was not some cute murder mystery dinner party. This was the real thing. They were having a cocktail reception for Vladimir Putin's number one enemy on Earth. He was a marked man. We were excited until Jay added, While you're at the party, I advise you not to eat or drink anything. This might have been a deal breaker. I don't mind getting shot or blown up, but I go to a party to eat. We survived the evening. While the food wasn't poisoned, it was pretty bad. Fried codfish balls. And the wine was from England. Yuck. Another friend told us about a guy who took passengers on deep dives in his homemade submarines. This sounded like a good way to get killed, so my wife asked for the man's name. It was Preston Speed. Now they say name is destiny. Martin Short really is short. Fats Domino was pretty fat. And Cedric the Entertainer? Uh, looks like a Cedric. So when your name is Preston Speed, you are doomed to a life of adventure. Mr. Speed was as handsome and suave as a soap opera doctor. He had a smooth voice and a bottomless supply of quips, like, You're never too old to be an idiot. And Clint Eastwood once told me, don't drop names. He'd had every career an eight-year-old boy could dream of. Airline pilot, rocket scientist, inventor, and now submarine captain. We were hooked. Our first trip with Captain Speed left from an exotic port off a mysterious island known as Staten. A hundred miles off Staten Island is Hudson Canyon, an underwater chasm the size of the Grand Canyon. We were going to dive it in Preston's homemade submarine. It was gleaming white and streamlined, just like a Star Wars TIE fighter or a high-end vape pen. The viewport was a giant acrylic eyeball surrounded by spotlights and lasers. A tugboat pulled the submarine, bobbing and bouncing as we headed out to sea. And when we reached our dive spot, 
hundred miles out, the sub was beat to shit, battered by waves and lashed by its own tow rope. The lights and lasers had been torn off and sunk into the ocean. The sleek white body had cracked off in hunks. Beneath was a steel cylinder that looked like the cans hobos sing doo-wop around. Captain Speed reviewed the damage. We're good to go. The most dangerous part of riding the sub was getting in the damn thing. Nobody put a lot of thought into this. They simply leaned a six-foot kitchen ladder against the floating submarine. You had to scramble up the ladder as it bobbed in the waves, leap over to a tiny entry hatch on the top, then plunge blindly into the sub, dropping about six feet into total darkness. Once you were in, it was groovy. Cool, dimly lit, quiet. The sub's interior was about the same as a minivan. It would seat five if uh, there were seats. Instead, the five of us spread out on the carpeted floor. Pilot, co-pilot, my wife, myself, and one other rich, stupid tourist with a death wish. We sank noiselessly, peacefully to the bottom of the ocean. And the moment we touched bottom, a loud squawk came on the radio. Everything is broken! Repeat, everything is broken. The sonar, the computers, the lights all stopped working. We went back to the surface immediately. We spent the next three days on the tugboat while they repaired the sub. The crew was warm and friendly except for the ship's cook, Psycho. Yes, they let a man named Psycho handle our food. This was more than a nickname. He had it embroidered on his overalls. I'm sure that's how he signed his taxes. Psycho. He explained, Folks call me Psycho, cause I got yellow eyes like Anthony Perkins. I don't think that was it. I once watched Psycho chase a moth around the kitchen for an hour, muttering the whole time, I'm gonna get you, moth. You ain't gonna get the better of me. No moth gonna outsmart Psycho. When the sub was fixed, we took another dive into Hudson Canyon. 1,000 feet down, the ocean floor looked like the landscape from a Roadrunner cartoon. Miles of sand, bizarre rocks, and the occasional coral branching out like a saguaro cactus. It was amazing. It was only after we returned that they told us we were the first people to ever go down there. Ever! I was the Neil Armstrong of Hudson Canyon. Which is great, except I don't want to be the Neil Armstrong of anything... I want to be the Harrison Schmidt, the twelfth and final man on the moon. He didn't go up till they got all the kinks out. But Preston Speed was emboldened by this success. Now he wanted to go somewhere deeper. Twenty-five times deeper. Captain Speed wanted to take a sub down to the Titanic, two and a half miles beneath the ocean. And my wife wanted us to go with him. Two years later, we were flying to Canada on board Crying Baby Airlines. We made a connection through the worst airport on Earth. It's not in Syria or Pakistan or even North Korea. The most chaotic, most hopeless airport is Toronto International. People in Canada are so nice because every jerk and moron in the country is sent to work at Toronto Airport. We made it to St. John's Island, Newfoundland. Out in the harbor was the ship that would take us to the very spot where the Titanic sank. A rubber speedboat pulled up to take us to the ship. The skipper stopped short and said, Oh man, 
I forgot the life jackets. This, of course, was the same mistake the Titanic made. But we were asking for it. We were prosperous tourists risking our lives on an untested vehicle to see where other prosperous tourists lost their lives on an untested vehicle. Whatever. This was my wife's dream and my birthday gift to her. I had no idea what the trip cost and Denise wouldn't tell me. She did tell all our friends, though, who would look at me and go, You are some good husband. Or occasionally, What a chap. Both were correct. Captain Speed built an all-new sub for this dive. It sat on the deck of the ship, white and bulbous, like an Imperial Stormtrooper's helmet from, again, Star Wars. It was super cool from the front, but in the back it had a bunch of styrofoam blocks randomly strapped on to improve buoyancy. They said this was super high-tech styrofoam, but it looked like the crap every 80s stereo came packed in. The porthole had to be much smaller. It was the size and shape of a window on a washing machine. In fact, that's where it may have come from. The launch of this new sub had many setbacks before getting to this point. There was the pandemic, then days of rough seas and storms. The sub got struck by lightning, frying the electronics. On a test dive, a system failure trapped everyone in the sub for 27 hours. And finally, the submarine's toilet broke. This was troubling news since the toilet was basically a potty seat. Two pieces, no moving parts. They were explaining all these setbacks to us on a PowerPoint presentation when the computer died too. Uh-oh. They brought out the waivers for us to sign. Here are some highlights. While diving below the ocean surface, I would be subject to extreme pressure, and any failure of the vessel could cause severe injury or death. I will be exposed to risks associated with high-pressure gases, pure oxygen, high-voltage systems, which could lead to injury, disability, and death. If I am injured, I may not receive immediate medical attention. Welcome aboard! We sailed for two days, 300 miles into the North Atlantic. We really loved this kitchen crew, who had names like Leroy and Maxine, and not Psycho and Batshit. They were Newfoundlanders, a people so insular they still had the Irish accent of their distant ancestors. They'd also never heard of The Simpsons. The one writing credit I had that excited them was ALF, a show that was canceled 35 years ago. That house was some character. Can I call you Alfie? I'd rather you didn't. <laughs> You're a funny one, Uncle Alfie. And now I'm your uncle. I emailed Paul Fusco, the creator of Valve, that there was a pocket of die-hard fans on board this ship. He wrote back, Next trip, sell merchandise! The day finally arrived. We were anchored two miles above the wreck of the Titanic. They outfitted Denise and me in matching navy blue flight suits. It was supposed to make me feel like a crew member, but I just felt like an idiot. It's like when you put a fire chief's helmet on a five-year-old. He may look cute, but he ain't putting out any fires. We were now ready to board the submarine. We just had to take a COVID test. I passed mine. Denise failed hers. My wife, who had traveled to every continent since the pandemic began, had avoided catching COVID for two and a half years. But somehow she'd contracted it on this tiny boat in the North Atlantic. Captain Speed said, Sorry, Denise. You can't take the trip. But Mike... You can still go. I said, I don't want to go. It's as if Neil Armstrong were getting ready to go to the moon when he came down with the flu. 
So NASA tells his wife, You can go to the moon instead. Yes, I'm comparing myself to Mrs. Neil Armstrong. But at Denise's urging, I got on the sub. Me, an unwilling schmuck in a navy blue jumpsuit. We began our two-hour descent straight to the bottom of the sea. The number of disasters preceding this trip was amazing when you see how simple a mini-sub is. It's basically a car that you drunkenly drove into the ocean. It sinks like a stone straight down till it hits bottom. When you want to come up, you drop some of your weights and pop to the surface like a cork. That's it. Sink like a stone, then pop up like a cork. If they want to tilt the sub down, the pilot yells, Everyone pile into the front. Hurry. Hurry. To tilt the sub up. Get in the back. Move it. Move it. To steer the sub, the pilot uses an Xbox game controller. I don't mean it looks like one or it's similar to one. It's an actual joystick from a gaming system. How can I describe my voyage to the bottom of the sea? It was... Boring. The ocean is pretty empty here, so there was nothing to see out the porthole. I actually fell asleep. And if you want a shock, try waking up from a nap thinking you're home in bed and realizing you're trapped in a steel tube two miles underwater and sinking. We touched bottom amid the usual assortment of catastrophes. We were nowhere near the Titanic. There were underwater currents pushing us farther and farther in the wrong direction. The sonar wasn't working, and the compass kept flopping from east to west, north to south. A compass has one job, and it wasn't doing it. There was also a time crunch. We had started late, and there was a hurricane rolling in on the surface. Just another day in the life of Captain Preston Speed. A navigator on the surface sent us directions, but they didn't conform to what we were seeing. The Russian science officer kept radioing the surface. We need better directions. Switch to the B-map. What is the B-map? There were five of us in the sub, and four of us were working on the navigation. I was just 180 pounds of Jewish ballast. Captain, Captain, switch to the B-map. There is no B-map. We don't know what you're talking about. And finally, just before we had to give up, we saw it. The bow of the Titanic. We had minutes to snap selfies with the famous parts. The railing, the prow, the anchor. It wasn't overwhelming, it wasn't underwhelming. It was whelming. Prior to this trip, we'd been to Vegas, where every show has a VIP package. Pay 50 bucks extra, and you get to go backstage after the show. You shake hands with the star, you get your photo with them, then you get the hell out of there. I had just gotten the Titanic VIP package. It started as an adventure and ended up as a photo op. The only real danger came in the last minute of the trip. As the sub was being hoisted back onto the ship, the whole thing flipped vertical. Everything in the sub, computers, phones, five people and their sandwiches, crashed in a heap at the bottom of the sub. A trip to the Titanic ended in disaster. The next day they had another dive and it went without a hitch. They had two solid hours to explore the wreckage, from stem to stern, from starboard to the other one. I missed all of it. I stayed behind on the ship, ministering to my covid wife. She was quarantined in her stateroom, sitting in the dark, demanding food. Bring me fruit. 
I ran down two flights to the galley, loaded trays with food, and brought them back up to her. But it was never enough. For a sick and slender woman, her appetite was ravenous. More fruit. It was like serving a dragon. A vegan dragon. Denise is already planning a return trip, so we can visit the Titanic together. That trip I never wanted to take, I'm taking it twice. Whatever it costs me, I'm paying double. It was only when the trip ended I learned the import of what I'd done. Captain Speed told me, More people have been in outer space than have done what you did yesterday. A fellow passenger from Guadalajara became the first Mexican ever to reach the Titanic. As for me, I became the first ALF rider ever to get there. Take that, Mrs. Neil Armstrong. What Am I Doing Here was written and performed by Mike Grease and produced by me, Josh Perillo. Theme song written and performed by Jimmy Joe Natoli. The other 14 characters were played by Trevor Morris, Mike's funny doorman. What am I doing here? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.